And today we are so excited. We've got an awesome guest. Her name is Casey Potts. She is currently residing in LA, Um, but we are going to let her introduce herself and also um, just talk about her journey and what she currently does. And we've got some questions. And so Casey, it's so great to have you on our podcast. So why don't you just introduce yourself and tell the audience who you are, what you do, you know, all those fun things. All the fun things. Well, thank you, ladies. I appreciate the warm welcome. Uh, Yeah, my name is Casey Potts, and I am a podcast host, a media correspondent, and a content creator. Um, I have kind of done it all, it feels like, between the entertainment industry and marketing. Uh, I started off as a kid working in entertainment. I hosted a show on Radio Disney, and that kind of was when I got bitten by the bug and went into journalism for college. I went to Emerson College for broadcast journalism and television. And the natural move was to head west to California and to L.A. So I packed up a car with two cats, my high school sweetheart, who's luckily now my husband. That lasted. And She definitely doesn't have commitment issues, so that's good. We made it home out here in yeah, yeah. We, we made it out here, and we've been uh, kind of just making it home, working in marketing up until 2020 when, you know, everything else kind of hit the fan. And now I am living out that dream of hosting a talk show again via podcast. Nice. That is so awesome. Okay, so tell us about your Disney radio experience, because I am, like, so interested in – not only like just you doing that, but how old you were, like how you even got into it, you know, I mean, and some of the people that you've interviewed, I was reading one of them was like Britney Spears, whenever yeah. I would assume that she was on the Mickey Mouse Club, but <laughs> give us all the things. Okay, so I'm not that old yet. So uh, it, it was in her, it was in her pop star days. Okay, so okay. Go way back. Uh, so it was 2000, it was, no, not even 2000, sorry, 1997. Okay. And I was 10 years old. I auditioned in a mall because, you know, all, That's everything happened in a mall right. in the late 90s. And it was a open casting call for Radio Disney, which was a brand new station that was starting up in Boston. Uh, it obviously originated in Texas and Orlando, but then they started opening markets throughout the country. And they were looking for kids to do commercials for them. They needed kid voices on the air. So I auditioned on this big stage with 100 other kids. And I think the question they asked me was, like, what I like to do after school. And I am not a soccer player, sports kid at all. So what did I do after school? I was taking this, like, party planning class. It was basically parents had volunteered their time to teach kids whatever it was that they were doing. And sure, there was soccer and sports and everything like that but uh yeah no I was taking the party planning class so I talked about that and apparently it won over some producers and they picked me so for the next six years I became their kid correspondent and we turned that into a half hour talk show because radio stations need to fill a half hour of public service announcements every week so the way that we kind of did that was we filled the half hour slot all at once interviewing celebrities as they came into town and talking about whatever charity or cool organizations they were supporting. So we turned that into Casey's corner 
and I had the chance to interview Britney Spears, Destiny's Child, 98 Degrees. Okay, Destiny's uh, Child. We went to their concert. I, I didn't say Beyonce. I said Destiny's Child. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, so what, here's a funny story. So I interviewed them. I've interviewed them twice, which is awesome. The first time I interviewed them, it was like the week that they went from four to three. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh, so it was like a little bit of scandal. And <laughs> this, is, this tells you how long ago it was. They were opening for Christina Aguilera. Okay. Yeah. So we went to their concert. They came to Oklahoma City. And okay. Chelsea actually won tickets on the radio. And I have no memory of anything that I've done in my life. <laughs> Thankfully, she does. And she did okay. most things with me. So this is... So I didn't we, even remember I won them. We were driving in my car, and she called into the radio station, and somehow one hundred six point nine. It was like one hundred six point nine two point one. And so she got the tickets, and we went, and that was like I think one of our first concerts that we went to, and that was when they were only three. There were only three of them, yeah. but I think people forget that there were four originally, I and mean, there were four, and then it was two other ones like two got replaced yeah four and then it went down to three mm-hmm. yeah so i interviewed them the week that they went to the the three that we know them as now yeah um yeah that was that was definitely a interesting cool. experience but i will say they were the nicest oh i believe that girls because they were teenagers uh they were the nicest girls that i ever had the opportunity to meet during my experience like the second time I interviewed them, they actually weren't taking interviews. They were headlining the, here's another, let's date myself. They were headlining the TRL tour. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> they were headlining that. And I was backstage interviewing other artists that were there. I think it was like Bewitched and Hoku. And, you know, so let's talk oh. about that timing. And I think Nelly was there. Oh, okay, yeah. Nelly on, yeah, they were playing <laughs> Nelly on Radio Disney. So, um, but I remember they were late to arrive at the venue, you know, so. My kind of people. Told they weren't in the interviews. And they, all of a sudden, like, I see them walk in. Kelly walks in. She sees me in my Radio Disney t-shirt. She goes, oh, Casey, Radio Disney, you, you're here to interview us? And the fact that she remembered my name was amazing. But then, you know, she said, no, 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 we have time for you. Come on back. And I was the only that's interview exciting. that I took. Oh, there wow. Go. That's so cool. so cool. And it was my birthday that week. They sang happy birthday to me. Oh. It, was, it was one of those things where you can tell they were managed properly because yeah. obviously they were managed by Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's father. Um, and you, I saw a lot of momagers and dadagers in my day, and they did it right. Oh, that's they did awesome. An excellent job. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so take us from that to like, you know, you that you mentioned led you going into journalism and at Emerson, right? Yeah. Yeah. So at the age of 16, I was too old to be on Radio Disney anymore. So I had to be queen to someone else. How does your voice, your voice ages? Yeah. Yeah. Your voice ages. And it was more so just I was a teenager now and a, an older teenager. So my, I wasn't that cute little kid correspondent I interviewing gotcha. people anymore. I just like, I aged out. So, <laughs> um, they, That's funny. I passed the 
mic on to another uh, correspondent. And then when I, but I really, I loved it. I love being able to be behind a microphone and sharing stories and asking questions, which is no, you know, no coincidence that that's kind of what carried me through the rest of my career too. It's where kind of I've landed, but there was, no doubt that it's what I wanted to do. I mean, I was three years old and I was the little kid that would run into the living room when I heard the Entertainment Tonight theme song. Mm. <laughs> so I kind of always had that in my head that it's, it was something I could do what I wanted to do. So I went to Emerson College in Boston and it's one of the best broadcast schools. Uh, and just the names that have come out of the school is really great. Jay Leno, Maria Menunos, Conan O'Brien. Like oh, there's wow. a lot of people that yeah. went there. And it was there that in a place where I was like, oh, this is great. This is where I'm going to learn exactly what I want to do. It's going to be all the things that I needed. Uh, it's actually where I started to doubt myself the most. And I, I had some interactions with professors who told me that my look was better suited for production and that I should be behind the camera mm -hmm. and that, you know, oh, well, no, we're going to send you know, Kim and Gabby and blah, 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 to do the red carpet stuff because they're the tall, thin, long girls and they're the more entertainment carpet, red carpet look. So that's when I really started to doubt myself and kind of put a lot of that, that like goal of mine of being the Entertainment Tonight girl kind of on hold and um, tried to figure out what else I could do. And I really started to lean into the food world at that time. I mean, why not? I, I love food. <laughs> I still love food. And I love to cook. And it was like right when Rachel Ray started her talk show. So I was like, ho, 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 there is something there for me. So while everyone else was producing a half-hour newscast for their senior thesis, uh, I did a half-hour talk show, a cooking talk show. Oh, cool. And my professor told me, there's no way you're, you have to you know, check all these boxes. You have to have a live shot. You have to have an interview, this, this, and this. And I checked all those boxes and come to find out she uses it as an example as like alternative things you can do. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I love yeah, that. So that was, uh, it was called Casey's Kitchen. And it actually started, um, it pushed me to start my own food blog. And I really liked doing it. So I was doing the cooking videos, did a YouTube channel. Uh, started a food blog and then I just kind of stuck with the food writing and everything and that carried me through uh, once I moved out to LA too because I started to write food content content for a lot of the radio stations and uh, huh. websites out here nice yeah. very cool okay so now you know when we were because we connected over uh, pod match I feel like we have to like give them a shout out um, I know I love it I've with it, gotta say. Yeah, I know. We've we've actually connected with a lot of quite a few people, a lot of podcasters, and had a, a lot of. Sometimes guests. I get on there and go rogue a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> she'll like choose people. Random, some, random people. Yeah, she'll choose people. I'm like, she's like, you chose this person. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if they're really in our audience, you know, match, but um, yeah. So I was reading through your 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 bio and you basically say that you're like a millennial mom. So we are older millennials, I think. Right. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. So I just turned 40. I'm, she's I about, she's about to be 40. Yeah. Um, even though she doesn't want to ever turn 40, but you know, it's going to come. Yeah. And so, um, 
So what, like, I actually decided this week that I'm pre-menopausal. <laughs> <laughs> you can just pick an age and stick with it. Yeah, like, no, exactly. No your ID. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. My boyfriend's mom was like, I think you're a little young for that. I was like, no, I think it's happening. <laughs> I got all these things going on. I mean, I, I honestly do feel like it does happen earlier and earlier because there's just so much crap in the air oh yeah for sure and, and like bodies and like what we eat and you know yeah. all of that stuff now i i agree with you yeah okay so explain to me kind of like you're a millennial mom you know like what the heck that yeah means. like what is that yeah okay so honestly the term millennial is something that i try to avoid like the plague for a very long time because it has a negative connotation so yes you know there's all these labels that the generations get and technically we got the we are generation y but we got labeled millennials at some point about 10 years ago i think that is when it kind of became a buzzword but i think that millennials you have the connotation of like vapid selfies in front of a pink wall and avocado toast right like that's <laughs> the connotation that most people have with a millennial I'm saying screw that and leaning into the millennial term because I realized that we're actually a generation that has a hell of a lot of power. Oh, we yeah. are kind of that bridge between, especially <clears throat> when parenting, we're that bridge between the boomer generation that raised us and told us the traditional ways of parenting and the way that things have to be done. And I call them the like, proverbial they you know how it's always like well they say that mm -hmm. you can't do this with your kid or they say your child should be doing this at that age i'm like screw the they i'm done with the they and we are now allowed to make an example for the next generations of you can do this on your own you can do it on your own terms you actually can do it on your own how many single parents are you know boss right now and just making it happen um and we can do it without that central village that so many older generations grew up with because we are the generation that's moving away that's getting jobs in other cities and other states and really just kind of figuring it out on our own and accepting it and not feeling guilty for it yeah no i i love that and i can relate to that i feel like i kind of teeter between like the old traditional and chelsea's laughing because she <laughs> She totally knows me. Um, but then also like, you know, I guess the, I don't know, like the new way of thinking of like an approach to whether it's parenting or even just like work and um, of, you know, you can, you don't have to go like the traditional cookie cutter blueprint, you know, way of. I, I think that I don't, I am not, I teeter between the two traditional and I'm deaf but I'm not like if it's deaf it's a clear if I'm told no it will happen so it's like I use that 100% as like my motivator <clears throat> and I'm not sure why the people Defiant. are yeah well I'm just not why yeah. I haven't figured out why the people around me haven't figured that out yet like just <laughs> stop telling me no and I won't I won't do the the things that maybe you don't think I should do or whatever but like I, I had this conversation yesterday with my dad about it because my daughter, I have a 12 and a two year old and my daughter is 12 and she does online school because I mean, she's a pretty good like poster fit for like 
the the child that should that will really thrive in an online environment but still is extremely social so but not extremely social at school mm-hmm. i own a dance studio so she's like in a competitive dancer doing all the things but um she my dad was like you need to get her back in school and i was like well i i'm not opposed to it but i sit in the dance i sit in the studio and listen to these kids talk about other kids and talk about situations and this and that and i'm like what no i don't need to get her back in school but then i start to think like oh well we might go to this small school region it's a private school but it it's a great school but they have zero technology like they don't they teach with no computers it's like their thing and i said yeah exactly old school very but i i see the pros and cons of that because she gets plenty of screen time with stupid tiktok and right and i mean and that's the difference though too right is that you have seen the options where your dad only knows school as being one way and has only raised his kids going to school in one way yeah so it's it's like we are now totally empowered to make these other decisions because we have the information and that's the other thing about millennials is that we have so much information and we are used to having so much information where before yeah that's true point if someone told you no you took the no as the answer but now we have so many other ways to be like, well, you can say no, but what if I figured out how to do it this way, this way, this way? Yeah, for sure. So I think that, you know, I almost feel like the negative connotation of the term millennial was put onto us to keep us down and to hold us back Hmm. because we have so much information and so can be such a resource for people that it could be a little bit intimidating. For sure. I think that's it. But it was interesting, the conversation with my dad, even saying like, well, she can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Why would she go to a school with no computers? I said, oh, well, <laughs> in my brain, I'm like, it didn't sound too bad to me because I don't know. But then he was like, well, I don't think that you're, ex- I don't think that you have like that things have changed. You're just older and you can see what, what you what happened when you were a child. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I just feel like our, our generation was like a hit or miss on how we raised kids. (laughs) That's what I feel like. So I think like when our parents raised us, I felt like it was more consistent. Like, and then our generation, I feel like it was either you were like this or you were like this. And so it's like very hit or miss is I mean, that's rude to say, but I'm just saying like it was very different. There was availability to have very different views and it was more common to have different views. So then that just is is fine, but it just has made it messy sometimes. Well, and it's interesting too, if you think about it, right? So I'm sure the things you were exposed to in Oklahoma oh, yeah. were very different than what I was exposed to in Massachusetts. Oh yeah. yeah and sure. then whatever now the parents that I'm interacting with that were raised in California, like so many different things. And that's, that's where it gets tricky too, is that our influences are so much more right. global yeah. and national. Whereas before your influences were so small, right? You were influenced by just the True. people around you. You didn't have. Yeah. It was just her. <laughs> 
that was your influence. There, that was your first mistake. <laughs> I will say yes at the time. Bad influence. I would say better now that I'm older. I had to rein her in. I know. Yes, exactly. We we definitely swapped spots. I feel like about probably so. in our thirties. I think she she uh, turned. Okay, I don't know. You didn't turn like wild, but you know, like she just fell in line a yeah. lot. And I I own my own business. She works for corporate America, which is great. But it's just like that. That kind of sums it up, you know. Yeah, like you can work for somebody who tells you what to do, or you can be your own boss and do whatever you want to do. So it's like, and that's another departure from mm-hmm. the norm that yeah. we grew up with too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. So you have, so as we're talking about parenting, you have a five-year-old daughter, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, She's great. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about like your parenting style and kind of. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, where does your husband fall in line with? Yeah. Like, that, I was going to ask that all too. All of your back, like, travels. Did he go with you to Boston? And... Where does he fall in line? I'll let you know when it happens. Uh, well, hey, fun. you know, they never do. <laughs> they never do. Yeah. Okay. No. So, <laughs> like I said, my husband, we've been together since high school. We started dating senior year and, and we never broke up. I won't kill time, but we've never broken up. So, he is, I think the good thing is that we are complete opposites when it comes to like the way our brains work. Um, I like to say like, I'm the balloon and he's the string. Mm. <laughs> I'm the one that's like, Oh, what if I do this? And he's like, okay, well, here are the logistics behind it. Let me, let me grab that and really in a little bit. Um, he's in finance. He's a CFO at an investment firm. Like he's thank goodness he is because that's what happened in 2020 when, so to backtrack again, like I started working, like I told you, I was in food and loved talking about food, loved writing about food. I started to work for uh, the celebrity chef Wolfgang Puck. I was his brand manager for so oh, years. Wow. Fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I was working the Oscars every year. I was doing these premiere parties and I was finally just hitting my stride. I was doing all of our video content. I was now like the face of our division of the catering side of things. And then 2020 hit and no one's having doing catering events or going to restaurants. So unfortunately they had to let the entire marketing team go. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was, it was a hard loss. I don't think I actually took the time to grieve that loss. And I think a lot of people who lost jobs and everything in 2020, just kind of because everyone was dealing with it together, it seemed so normal that we didn't take the time to let it go. And like, you know, have that grieving process. So it was during that time that, uh, I mean, he was still working and he went back to the office super early. And I think it was for most of our sanity that he went back (laughs) early. But at that point, you know, my daughter, her name's Kennedy. She wasn't in school. Her preschool was closed and we made the decision like, we joked, we're like, okay, I'm retired now. <laughs> so I went into early retirement and stay, decided to stay home with Kennedy because we weren't comfortable putting her into preschool, even when it did reopen. We didn't want to jeopardize catching anything that my husband would then bring to the office and be around his clients that could not afford to be sick and things like that. So for our family, we made that decision. 
to that I would be a stay-at-home mom. And it was a hard transition for me. I, again, I think because so many people were going through the same thing, it didn't hit me or I didn't realize it as quickly. But when everyone started going back to work and things felt a little bit more normal, I'm like, all right, guys, so what do I do now? (laughs) And that's when I started uh, Casey's Corner. I rebooted Casey's Corner from the Radio Disney days because I knew that I would be doing myself a disservice if I just sat home and did nothing and like just fell into that stay at home mom stereotype that a lot of people have. And I've learned that that stereotype is such a joke. It doesn't exist. Like I am not sitting home eating bonbons on the couch. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I, I had that discussion at five this morning, I think with my other house. (laughs) Yeah, like it's crazy how much stuff there actually is to do. But I knew that I needed to have some sort of creative outlet. So I'm grateful that he has been supportive of it. And again, this is my personality and he's the opposite side of that. So we are, we just, (laughs) we figure it out. And uh, he just lets me do my thing and supports it. And, you know, I'll tell him, I'm like, you're not a very good cheerleader. He's like, I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm like, okay. (laughs) That's so so interesting you say that because I kind of say that a lot more recently. Again, it just seems because I'm going through, I'm premenopausal. That's what I say. But like, (laughs) it's because like, I mean, essentially you're your own boss, right? So it's like, you don't have somebody saying like, Hey, good job. Here's a raise or like anything. So you kind of have to rely on like your close knit to like build you up somewhat because we're human. And I think that that's a natural need that we all like have. It's just not as recognized maybe because when you're around the corporate world like you get a pat on the back and then you get a slap in the face you know so it's like it happens at the but same you time have some sort of for sure as to how you're doing like yeah i joke i'm like can i get a performance review please but exactly I, yeah am i meeting I expectations know, I uh-huh. am i exceeding yeah. yeah and then in my line of work i'm not trying to ask the parents if they're happy at the studio <laughs> right yeah yeah you don't want to yeah that kind of work, right? but I I do touch base with like my employees, obviously, to kind of see where that gauge is. But still, like, I do rely a little bit on my friends and my, my I have a baby daddy. I don't have a husband, and he's he's good, but could be better. And so, um, just even this morning, I'm like, it's not. It's just like you're not a very good hype man. Like, can I get a little like excitement? You know, because it does take a lot. I feel like personally, it takes a lot to stay excited because we can all get excited when something's new and fresh, and, but we got to, especially when you're serving other people mm-hmm. the whole time, you know, yeah. Yeah. and when we're serving other people at some point, you want to, you want to know that like someone's behind you being like, go kick some ass. You're doing awesome. And I mean, that's the thing is as a mom, especially of kids, I'd say probably under eight, you're in like a unreciprocated relationship <laughs> right you are pouring yourself out yeah and they Not don't know what that. it is that you that need they don't know like we know that okay you're cranky okay. you need a snack they can't they can't tell that in us and it's really hard especially i mean like i said my husband he works he's out of the house seven to seven every day so it's hard when it's just 
me and I, you know, it's just a funny thing you said, we don't really have a boss, but yeah, my boss is five and a half. Right. Very demanding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mine's but two and it's mine's hard. two and 11 months. So he's only, he's almost three. Yeah. So I feel that, but I do like that unreciprocated relationship. I think, I think it's a, it's a misconception to a lot of people who aren't. And she works for corporate America, but she works from home most of the time. Sometimes she's at work, but um, so yeah, it's it's a lot. Like the unreciprocated relationship just nailed it down because he's like, "Well, you, I would love to stay home with him all day." I'm like, "Okay, well, but well, you do have that option. You to do work, <laughs> to work remotely. He does have that option, but <laughs> okay. he doesn't know how to figure that balance out. And I don't want to be. No, the, that's exactly. Like I said, my husband lasted, I think, four weeks yeah. into the pandemic. And then he snuck back into his office. He's like, I got the keys. I'm going back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot more. I mean, and we put a lot more pressure, I think, just as females on ourselves. It's like yeah. how to engage with them, how to develop them, how to pay attention to other things than like, oh, you want to play with toys today? Okay, we'll do that all day. Well, I feel <laughs> like I feel like if I know for me the pressure that I have from like my kids, like developmentally and, and all of that, if they're not hitting these milestones, I almost feel like people look at it. Like it's the mom's fault that they're not hitting that. Because she goes to a very suburban school. Like traditionally, you know, in, in the area. That's the they. That's the they say. Yes. Her parents are the they. <laughs> my parents are the they for sure. <laughs> well, I know we um, have been, over a little bit of the time. And so I just want to be mindful of that for you, but um, it's been such a great, I mean, it's just such a pleasure talking yeah. with you. I feel like we could talk for so many hours. things, so many things. Yeah. So I want to make sure that our audience knows, you know, how to connect with you, how to find you, your podcast, you know, all of that stuff. So why don't you just share with them? Like how, how can they find you? Yeah, you can find me. Daily content is on Instagram at it's Casey Potts and Casey's with a K. <laughs> and then you can find uh, the weekly podcast wherever you stream. It's Casey's Corner. And again, Casey with a K, Corner with a K. Okay, okay cool. Awesome. Well, thanks Thank again, you. Casey, for the time. We really appreciate it. And it's been great to chat with you. Enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll let you know whenever this is going to be released, okay? Sounds good. Okay, right, bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so we're going to do a recap from our uh, conversation with Casey Potts, and she was amazing. Yeah. I mean, she's got, she's really had, I feel like, a very really interesting, cool career, cool life, like trendy, exciting, yeah, not yeah. nothing and she, to be expected. What I wish I would have asked more about, just like, I feel like she truly followed her passion. Oh, yeah. Um, for entertainment, and obviously now she does, you know, she did food blogging and then she worked for Wolfgang Puck. And I mean, all yeah. of this, all I wanted to names. get in some of the tough questions when she was talking about how they, they were saying, like they didn't want her, like when she was in school and they were talking about, she'd be better behind the camera and all of that. Which I'm not sure if she wanted to even get into all that, but I think for our kids in that generation, especially, um, you know, with, 12, 13, 14 teenagers, whatever, they deal with that so much with social media. And I wanted to see back 
when she was in high or college, I guess, I don't really know when that was, but I know. Well, she's obviously younger than we are yeah. <laughs> because I referenced um, Mickey Mouse Club or Britney Spears. She's so like, not, I'm not that old. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, but just to kind of um, see how she dealt with it then would have been interesting to see if that could have been like some good back pocket information for the generation today. And, and even for moms today, like, how, how do you deal with that kind of like physical critical, critical criticism situation? So I wanted to get into that a little bit, but I know. Well, and I know, you know, if, if you all, which would definitely encourage you to listen to her podcast and go on her social sites and everything, but she's really big on um, how like millennials have, you know, in some ways we have like body issues now and, things of that nature, because I think of the introduction of social media when we were all, I guess, in some way, like in, a, in our formative years, um, social media for us started when we were in our early in MySpace. It was MySpace. I forgot about that. You did? Yeah. I don't know. How, I don't know why, but it was my get off the phone. I want to <laughs> use the internet. I'm trying to log on to MySpace. Yes. It was the dial up. Yeah. <laughs> but so I remember when when I was in college is whenever Facebook started. Okay. And it was just, you know, you could only connect to the people that were at OSU and your friends that were at OSU and, in your college. I, I, I feel like there's something wrong with my memory when I talk to I you. I feel like there's like you have really good short term memory, but okay. you're long term. Yeah, it's the details that you remember. Is well, which really... is weird because honestly, my short term is terrible, uh-huh. but my long term that makes sense. Yeah, or you just mean, give or take, depending on what the situation is. But so, what I was gonna say is that like millennials, like younger millennials, they grew up with technology. They grew up with like social media, uh-huh. and um, in those like kind of early years. And so then as we're seeing now with like kids, our kids age there, there's a lot of just like body issues and, you know, wanting to look a certain way and being able to look up anything and everything. And yeah, it's, I I walk a, I walk a thin line with it. Obviously my daughter does dance and pageants. And I think there is, um, It's just, it's just, you never know how kids process information, you know, Mm -hmm. even being a dancer, it's like, you tell them, you know, like it, you can do this skill or you can do that and you can wear this and you can wear whatever you're comfortable with, but they don't, when they don't see the general public doing it, I feel like it's tough for them to believe you. And for me, it's like, even my daughter, like she's very um, aware of like, why didn't you tell me that looked bad? If I'm like, yeah, you can wear that. And then she sees mm-hmm. a picture of it. And then she's like, why would you let me wear that? Yeah. Why didn't you say something? Yeah. But then it's like, if I say something, does she think that I'm like being whatever? Like judging her? Or- yeah. Or like, I think that she looks bad. I just know how she looks at herself. So I did ask her the other day, literally last week. I said, so if I say things like there's a pageant coming up, like, do you want to do fitness? Do you not want to do fitness? And if you do, like, I guess for me, it's not about anything, but like, you got to do fitness, <laughs> like, you know, cause it's part, it's, it's just part of the discipline. It's like saying like, you know, 
you're going to play baseball, but you have to play out in the field and then you're supposed to be able to bat too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and luckily you get to choose. Sometimes they're like, Oh no, you're not actually batting. Yeah. Or you're going to bat, but you're not very fast. So we're going to put somebody else on first base yeah. for you. It's kind of the same concept of like, it, I don't want her to feel the pressure, but I also am like, if she's doing it because she wants to win or she wants to feel her a certain way, then I want to be able to be successful, but I never want her to feel like, you know, there's some kind of like, I'm not pretty enough or I'm not yeah. good enough, whatever. So yeah. Pageant world, all that stuff is difficult. Well, I think it's just like a, there's like such a fine line. And I mean, I know who was, I was talking to somebody and um, they mentioned like, Oh, it was one of Tyler's really good friends, wives who she's like the founder of this charter school in Tulsa. Oh yeah. So we were, we were at her son's birthday party uh, a, a few weeks ago and she was talking about how it starts earlier with girls Cause I mentioned like Addie having like a little bit of a attitude and she was like, yeah, it starts earlier with girls. I've noticed just with like my own, you know, my own students or kids as she calls them. And so then she was asking like, is she on social media yet? And I was like, Oh hell no, she's not on social media, which I know we have varying, you know, opinions on that, but um, I think as parents, you know what your kid can handle. That's what I think. I don't think I have varying opinions. I do think some kids or some parents, but you know if Addie could handle it and what she would do with it, what she could not, like how she would perceive information. I do think if you don't expose kids, then they do have a tendency to be a, a tad bit behind socially. Well, and I also think like when they're given the opportunity to then be exposed to whatever it is later on in life, then it's like they go buck wild. I mean, which we've seen that I think with some of our own friends. And right. Stuff. So you have to. Right. Of, yeah. I maybe. just, I think for me, what? Is it so you then kind of might ought to think about not letting to don't withhold all that. Exposure. Right. I think it's just like, you know, I think it's just so We've talked about this before. It's just so different now it than is. whenever we were like teenagers. No, it is. I, and I, I just hear that. so many horror stories about that's how I feel about stuff public about public school yeah. and social media and like yeah, for sure. You know, like a kid takes a picture of a girl and then yeah, like the next day it's all over social and they've done they've edited it and it's like this crazy picture. I'm just. It's, I'm not saying that I can't, it up. right. I can't, um, protect her from that, but you can protect her from public school. I, I want to <laughs> protect them from seeing, I guess, yeah. you know? And so I think for me, the social media stuff is like really just going to be a hard sell for me of like, here's the benefit to you having that as a 12, 13 year old. Yeah. I, I, again, I think it's, I mean, Paisley is a very knock on wood, you know, responsible and mature and yes. communicates most yes. things with me. So I think, and she's been exposed to so much. And so I think that exposure has enabled her to, to see what's right and what's wrong. Right. And um, I would agree with that. Yeah. So I think, but again, every kid, I mean, there are a bunch of kids out there that's like, if you're riding in the car with them and you don't 
buckle your seatbelt, they think you're going to die immediately. So it's like just understanding like, yes, it's safe, but like the extremes, we can't expose thing. Everything has to have an extreme result. Not mm-hmm. always. Yeah, it could. And that's safe parenting. And I get that. And I educate as much as I can cram down her throat. But like, well, I, I mean, I just that. am like, I mean, I know like my, my oldest is only nine, but I just think about it gives me like extreme anxiety. I can tell about get like, well, not only just social media and stuff, yeah. but about the idea of her going to like college and like living. Uh, uh, I know. She's I'm, five, six, she's seven. nine now. Your youngest, my oh, oldest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pay, I paid today. You know, in uh, five more years, I'll be an adult. I was like, okay. Yeah. See, it's like I can't wrap my brain around. Addison going it's just because, to like a college and staying there by herself. <clears throat> but I why, know it's but like, why? It's because I look at her and just think she's never gonna be ready. <laughs> okay, I know I'm gonna, that she will. I'm gonna play therapist Chelsea. But why? Why do you feel like she's not gonna be ready? Because I, I honestly, I don't want Paisley to leave because I like she's probably gonna be my best friend when she's eighteen. But like. I feel like she could live on her own now. Yeah. And I, I think for me, I feel like Addie, well, for sure she couldn't. I, I know for sure Addie could not yeah. like now. And that is, you know, obviously the part that as parents Mama and play to play is to like go a little. get them prepared for that. And yeah. I, I feel like when I was 18, I was like fully prepared. Girl, when you were 13, I feel like we could have traveled the world. I know. And so when like I, your parents, I think about it there, you had more exposure than I had ever had. Oh yeah. And so I think that's what gave you that but, cognitive awareness. Yes. But I also think had a job that, at seven. Yeah. I mean, I think that the way that I was raised versus the way that my kids are being raised are oh, vastly sure. different. Vastly. Like, I mean, my, like I had, I mean, I had chores and this and that and the other. Like I worked, yeah. you know, when I was 13 until I was 18. I mean, I literally. No, I definitely think it's vastly different. But there's some benefits if you think about it. As crazy as you want to be like, wow, but I had this and this. But the benefit is literally I would have felt comfortable like buying a house with you at 14 because I felt like I've been like, if I can't do it, Beth can, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you, ha- it's like you, ha- and that's what I want my, that's yeah. what I want my child to be because yes. I know she looks for people. I mean, not that you're bad, but she looks for people like you. She, she is attracted to people, friends, whatever, who can hold, hold the house down. Yeah. She wants people in her life that are stable, that are like, if the house burned down, we're good because we know how to jump out the window yeah. and be safe. And I, I think there's pluses and minuses to that as well. But I just think it's that exposure within some kind of limits. Yeah. It's um, the boundaries, yeah. which is like, because at this challenge. point with, uh, Grayson probably isn't ever going to be able to live on his own at this point. Well, you see, like, and <laughs> my kids, I feel like are similar. I look at Charlie and I think she's kind of, I feel like has that independent spirit that I did yeah, and that she wants to do things like on her own. I think Addie has that, but it's a little bit more work. Subtle. And she's yeah. a lot like, you know, Tyler and, and, 
She wanted to be nice, Tyler, if you listen to Yes. This. She and didn't so, want to hurt your feelings. Which, Tyler, I mean, obviously, like, we balance each other out well because I, you know, he takes care of stuff, but, like, I do a lot of stuff, too. And so it's like... That was nice of you. Yeah. So anyway, we totally derailed the up- the the update or like the, the the recap recap. But with Casey Potts, it was great. You should follow her. You should check her out. It's Casey's Corner of both with a K. Yeah. Check her out. Follow her. She listen was to awesome. her. Listen to her. Maybe podcast. we'll talk again to her. Yeah. Um, it sounds like she probably has a lot of um, good information to pass on, and just. Um, yeah, connect with her on all social media and in her podcast. Yeah, and uh, another thing, if you like this episode, please like. make sure that you give us five, five stars. stars. You give us some reviews. Um, and then if you ever want to hear anything different from Chelsea and I, a specific topic that you want us to talk on, a, a specific guest, yeah, since we're on this like pod match platform, there's a lot of different we want to guess. Find, you know? I think um, I did have a request to have some more local people on. Okay. So we might be, if you're around Tulsa and you're interested in just having some conversations, might be funny, might be tough, might be insightful. Um, just connecting with us. I think that's. Who was the person that wanted to be local? Well, it wasn't a person. It was like, why don't you guys have local people on your podcast? Who said that? Well, Tony. Well, why doesn't Tony come on the podcast? Said it myself. And I think that's probably how we're going to get him on here. I think like he, we've talked about this. Him and Matt. I, I think, I <laughs> yeah, think we need to have our significant Spouses. others on here. Yeah. I, so him and Tyler will probably be our next guests if we don't have someone lined up <laughs> sooner before then. But um, they just have to be ready to, to take all the heat. I think it would be so just a very interesting dynamic between all four. Of I us. think so. So it'd be really funny. I think the audience would love it. Yeah. So, and they could get to know the people that we talk about all the time. Yeah. So they, you would have to listen though. You would have to listen for sure. Okay. Well, this has been another episode. Thanks so much. Leave us five star reviews, share, like our Instagram page. And um, I guess we need to get a TikTok at some point, and I need to learn how to okay. do a TikTok dance. And stay tuned um, for Beth's bet. It's coming up. Yes. Yeah. Stay tuned for the bet that Chelsea gave me a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks again.